0: Welcome to Stories of Hope. Each week I bring you stories that will inspire you, educate you, and give you hope. I just love that word. I wanna thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your creative global agency located right here in downtown Chandler. And I also want to acknowledge my business sponsor today, Renco Roofing. Renco Roofing is a family owned and operated company founded in 2004 on the guiding principles of delivering superior roofing services. They are dedicated to quality and customer service and can help you with residential and commercial roofing needs with a focus on HOA and multi-housing. They specialize in foam, tile, shingle, walk decks, roof repairs, maintenance, and cleaning whatever the roof needs to be. um, They have you covered. Thank you Renco for that. Today, my guest, this one's going to be good. Oh, they're all good. Um, My guest is Sherry Herzing. She actually is the founder of an organization called LKG 911 Community Task Force. Yes, you heard that right, 911. After learning that the shortcomings of the 911 system may have cost her husband Bob his life on the day he collapsed and died of a heart attack. Sherry Herzing vowed to make a difference, dedicating herself to protecting others in the rural communities from the risks that contributed to her husband's death. Sherry's the founder of Lake Gaston 911 Community Task Force. In January, oh, we're in January, in January of 2019, railing a force of volunteers, love that, and a quality spread, quickly spread potential life-saving information throughout the community. Well, when we think of 911, we think of right here and right now. Please help me welcome my guest today, Sherry Herzing. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, I, um, I learned of you. Our sponsor is Renco, which is Brandy Reynolds. She works with them. And her mother is uh, an individual, a lady, very well known and very active one in your community. And she said, You've got to talk to my friend here. So, mm-hmm. I never want to hear that someone has lost a loved one due to negligence or not able to get to someone in time. And that is what happened here. But before we get into how you founded this, I want you to tell me a little bit more about your husband, your late husband. Uh, Bob was uh,
1: my high school sweetheart, my love of my life. Um, we. Uh, met got married he joined the navy and we went off and um you know started our life together um we have two beautiful children um now i have four gorgeous grandchildren um and bob was my best friend um you know he just he was the person that i talked to he was the person that you know just um you know was everything to me um so um We were married 40, 43 years, almost 44 years when he died. Wow. um, Very unexpectedly. So um, it it was, uh, you know, we got married right out of high school. So when he passed away, it was a whole new um, time for me uh, to figure out how to do things, what to do what I was gonna do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was a a difficult time, you know, when I did lose him,
0: so. And I wanna make note real quickly here that we're not here to talk about how 911 isn't able to do anything, because it does take a lot of people to be on that side when especially it comes to the services. So um, I never want to, to say that we're doing something in a negative way but there's always something that can be made better out of it and that is what you have done. So I'm gonna go straight into this. Please tell me more okay. about this organization because it sounds like you just had an anniversary of the beginning of it too.
1: We sure did and um, we just had another big kickoff today because we've grown so tremendously. And you know something that you said about the, the 911 system, um, when, when Bob died, um, it was the telecommunicator supervisor who came to her boss and said, "Enough is enough. We've got to stop. You know, pe- people keep dying. We we need help." Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing to me is when I reached out to them um, to thank them for helping me um, and for trying to make a difference. To to um, make changes so that this won't happen to anybody else. Um, They were floored because they said that very few people come in and say, thank you for what you do. Yeah, and I was blown away with that because, um, you know, it's always people saying what went wrong or what they didn't do. And, you know, it was just amazing to me. I know we hugged, we cried, we talked, um, but one of the things that, you know, they said to me was, you know, Sherry, we don't want this to happen to anybody else. Um, you know, help us educate yourself, um, go out and find where some of the weaknesses are, or the, the, the hurdles. And this isn't 911's issues. It's, it's the system. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'll tell you what, every one of our 911 dispatchers, telecommunicators, is what they like to be called, um, you know. They work so hard and they're still classified in most states as a secretary oh, wow. instead of a first, first responder. Okay. And that is one of the things that we're really trying hard to do with legislation is to get them um, uh, reclassified as first responders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and all of the 911 system, whether it's volunteer fire departments, if it's police departments, fire departments, or telecommunicators. Um, they're really low on people because people are are not coming into the public uh service you know safety anymore Mm -hmm. um and so it was it was it really blew my mind when um i started we have five counties around our lake it's a it's a 36 Mile Lake, five counties in two states. Okay. So there are a lot of issues, a lot of border issues, a lot of things that can go wrong when you're talking about five different counties trying to come to help somebody in our area. Um, you know, number one, they need to know where you are, what county you're in. Um, and what we have found is in rural areas, um, you know, we don't have the broadband, we don't have enough towers. So the telecommunicators don't know where you are when you call on a cell phone. Mm-hmm. They don't know where you are. So the first line of defense is trying to figure out where you are. And so when you're talking about five counties in two states, that takes a lot of effort. And um, to do that and a lot of time, and sometimes people don't have that time. Um, so working with all five counties, I mean, every one of these beautiful 911 people open their doors to me um, and It was interesting when I started meeting with commissioners and board of directors on how we can help, how the community can help. Mm -hmm. Um, it was interesting that they said that most people, when this happens, they just want to sue, you know, they just want to, they're mad. They want to sue, but that doesn't really help the matter. You know, so I went in there to say, how can we help make a difference? And, um, they just opened their doors to me, and they told me what they needed. They told me what we could do. Um, the day that I decided to do this, um, um, my husband, the 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 sheriff of the the um, county that my husband lived in, um, and he was the one that found out. You know that it took forty seven minutes for them to get to my husband, mm-hmm. and uh, he took a cell phone and went all around our county, a 24 cell phone calls. And out of 24 calls, only four went to our county.
0: So I'm gonna Most, back up, I'm gonna go back here. So mm-hmm. you talked about five counties. First of all, what state are you in? Cause you mentioned two states, what state are you in?
1: Yeah, I'm in Virginia. And the other state is North Carolina that we border with. Okay. okay. And so then we have five counties that surround our lake, Lake Gaston, and um, three in North Carolina, and two in Virginia.
0: Well, and a lot of people um, think, when they think of a rural area, because county, um, and you're mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a rural area, which like you had mentioned, yeah. the technology is not there to have all the towers and what have you. Um, mm-hmm. That's not, like you said, it's not 911's thing, but maybe it is mm-hmm. because people are traveling all over the place and th- anything can happen mm-hmm. anywhere. So is this where you get to be a part of making that a possibility for other people to not have a tragedy like this happen?
1: Yes, we were very blessed after we went around and talked to find out what some of the issues were. Uh, one of them was we had to start educating the public that cell phones don't work in rural areas, that they're not going to know the location. Okay. So people needed to know where they were, whether it was in what county, what state, if you're in the middle of the lake, You don't know where you are. Um, And um, so that's very hard. Um, No bridges were labeled on the lake to tell you where you were. Um, And um, so it was very, very difficult. The telecommunicator said to me, Sherry, I get a call. There's an accident on the lake, and the caller says I'm by the bridge. There are 10 bridges on Lake Gaston, all in different counties and states. And they're not labeled? And they're, they were not labeled. They are now. We okay. <laughs> we have a label. One of one of our um, things that we were able to accomplish. They're labeled now with the um, with the street and the county. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are on the water and you have an accident, you can look up on the bridge and say, "I'm at nine oh three um, in Warren County," and boom, you know right where you are. So that's a real blessing. Um, we started out with thirty two volunteers. Um, when I met with them and um, I said, "Okay, we need to get this information out to the public. We we need to start, you know, educating them." The the other things that we were told from the first responders, this is in rural areas, they can't find addresses. You, we are when it's dark, it's dark. You can't see anything. Most people don't label their ends of their driveways. Um, And even if they do at dark, they cannot be seen. So um, the first responder said, Sherry, we need uh, reflective signs at the end of the driveway. Um, So that was our first initiative we went out and we started doing presentations to any organization that would listen to us around the lake, HOAs, Lions Club, Ladies Club. And we had a beautiful presentation done by these 32 women that came together. And um, we uh, made packets of all the information that everybody needs to know when they call 911. Not only, um, and we, we put these, 911 um, cards in our packets so that people can put them by their phone or by their boat docks because uh, most people have grandchildren, children, people coming to visit, and um, they don't know what county you're in. And when you call 911, you have got to know that. Um, the second thing was um, all five counties could not transfer phone calls to each other No. at that time yeah so that's what happened with my husband when he went down uh we were in brunswick county virginia the call went to warren county north carolina and warren county did not could not transfer the phone call so they kept telling the person doing cpr my husband to call um to call a 10-digit number (laughs) to get to the right call center um and so of course he couldn't do that, he's he's doing CPR. So it took 21 minutes to get to the correct call center. And then from there, we're in a rural area. And of course it takes a lot of time for them to get to where you are. So it was 47 minutes total um, that they had been doing. My Our friends had been doing CPR, my husband, of course he, he didn't make it. Um, but in saying all that, what we realized is um, the task force is that we needed to bring all the five counties together to work together to learn what they could do. We needed to get the them to be able to transfer phone calls to each other. Um, we found that in North Carolina they didn't have any Virginia they didn't have Virginia streets on their maps in a couple of the counties. Um, and so, and ultimately they had to come into Virginia to get to some of their neighborhoods. So we were able to um, get them to update all their maps. Um, In some of the rural counties, and this isn't anything that I'm saying bad about them, but rural counties are are small counties. Mm -hmm. They don't have a lot of money in their counties. And what you're gonna find all over America is that your GIS person is also the tax tax collector, or they're, you know, (laughs) They have three or four jobs. Multi-job, yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: So I want to stop you uh, real quickly. Um, You talked about volunteers. You've talked about all the different reflective identifiers for roads and homes and such. And I know that rural areas are volunteer fire departments and such, like you said, the same person that's working one job is volunteering and doing another one as well what exactly are the volunteers doing? You said there was, it started at 32 and then you had an event today. So what are the volunteers doing? Are they placing these things out there? Are they collecting down or what are they actually doing?
1: Oh, wait till you hear. We okay. have, I mean, it, it is amazing. Um, I'm so proud of, of all my volunteers um, because it was five counties and two states. And every time I talk to different people in the public safety, there was another problem, another problem, another problem. So let me tell you about my organization. We're so, so excited. We have, um, first we have what's called a hospitality and a hospitality group. And what they do is an appreciation, hospitality appreciation. They go out uh, in all five counties, we have a group set up. And if it's telecommunicators week, if it's fire prevention week, whatever it is, They come up with these beautiful big baskets filled with all kinds of wonderful things for our first responders. And um, they deliver them to every single one of the, um, the, if if it's Fire Prevention Week, they go to all the volunteer fire departments and they give these beautiful baskets. They tell them, thank you. We ask the community to send thank you to our first responders to tell them how much we appreciate them. So that was a biggie. Um, then the second thing was we needed a group to form these presentations um, and to form the materials that we needed to get out to educate people. So we have a, um, uh, a marketing group and in the marketing group we have um, certain people that do events. They go out to the events and they hand out our information. They talk to people. Uh, We go to all the businesses surrounding Lake Gaston and we leave our, we have a three-fold brochure that we leave um, like at the restaurants, at the businesses that anybody can pick up. And in there, it tells what they need to know, um, you know, about cell phones don't work and how to get a hold of a 911 if you need it. Uh, All the things that you would need to know that we're trying to get out. So we, we do that. Um, Our marketing marketing team is also responsible for updating all of our materials um, and um, coming up with different ideas how we can get the information out. We have a communications um, uh, group and they are um, in charge of um, setting up presentations. Um, going out to churches, to HOAs, to anybody that will listen to us. And they do a beautiful presentation um, explaining this and educating the public on that. Um, then we have a um, a group and it's under our communications that comes up with things that can help our first responders, um, tools that could help. Um, we have a what three words, um, and that's a whole nother thing that, uh, but if any of your listeners are listening, Please pull up your app, go into the Play Store, and look at what three words app. Um, this app uh, defines the whole world into 10-foot squares. And even without Wi-Fi, uh, it's satellite-based. You can locate a person really? uh, instantly. Yes. It's it's. We have... Um, found people in the mountains, we have found people like in the, of the lake. Um, when we first um, told our first responders about this app, um, they the first thing they said to me is, oh my goodness, we had a guy that broke his leg on one of our trails, and it took us an hour and a half to find him. If we would have had this app, we would have been able to find him. Um, and so uh, this company reached out to me when they heard about what we were doing. And so we get out there and, and we try to, and we train not only the public but first responders on how to use this app to to help them um, uh, find where they're going. And the one of the one of the biggest um, things I'm I'm really well I'm proud of everything, but we have a medical team. And um, so one of the things that um, as we were learning what you know what we need to do, um, uh, some a friend of mine called me and said you've got to come to this. Um, uh, to this class and and check it out. Well, when I did, it was a it's a two hour uh, introduction to first aid and CPR. And this group in North Carolina um, was giving it to school, uh, homeschool kids, to churches and things, teaching um, somebody how to do uh, CPR and first aid. Um, and it was and they were doing it free. And we thought, wow. So I brought two of the nurses on my team. I said, you got to come with me. Well, we were so excited about this program that we decided to go back and write our own. And when I say we, not me, my medical team who are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So they put together this program to teach two-hour CPR and first aid to, to anybody free of charge. Uh, and they will go to them and we set up t- meetings. Well, when we were setting it up, my team said, Sherry, how are you going to pay for this? We needed mannequins. We needed AEDs. We needed, you know, all the things that you need to to put on this kind of a, um, a project. Um, so we submitted our presentation to one of the hospitals around here, and. Right at first, they said, Sherry, just let us do it. Send people to us, you know. And I said, but you're 45 minutes away or an hour away. People are not going to drive to you. You know, we want to get to people in their home town. We want to get to people in their churches. Um, you know, we want to make sure that they know what to do until help can arrive because they may be the only ones for for, you know, 40 minutes. So when they looked at it, uh, so I said, please just look at it and let me know. The next day, I got a phone call from the director of the education in uh, at the hospital, and she said, Sherry, oh, my goodness, you taught us something. And she said, and we're so excited about this. We're going to give you $7,500 to start your project. Wow. And yeah, wow. It, it was amazing. So, so not only are we doing that, but in the group today, one of my my biggest um, initiatives uh, and thoughts when we first started this three years ago was the neighbors helping neighbors situation. And that's where, you know, we go into neighborhoods and we, we teach the neighbors how to help themselves. You know, how to, how to call each other for help, get AEDs, teach them how to use it. Um, and we just didn't have the manpower to do it. And about uh, three months ago, I had two individuals within a week apart call me and say, Sherry, um, one was an RN cardiac nurse from Duke Hospital who just retired and she said, I really think we need AEDs in my neighborhood and I haven't been successful. And a friend of mine told me to call you
0: and- So, Sherry. Um, um, yes. With all the money that you are raising and you've shared a lot of different of the programs and all the the outpour of the community that's supporting you, which I think is amazing. Um, and yes. that's what makes it successful because this is a legacy of your husband, but it's also a legacy of you making a difference for other people that will not have to go through this again. I mean, it may happen again, but not at the extent that you had to deal with it and maybe other people that didn't have the voice that you have right now and the drive that you do. Now, we already know this: the area, the different counties. Is there any of this going to go towards maybe providing more towers so that there's even more of a communication of understanding where when 911's called and someone doesn't get the information that you've provided that they'll still get the assistance that they're going to need when they dial 911 because a lot of people don't think that they're not going to have anything to worry about once they dial those three numbers. Great
1: Chris. great question. I think when we first started this we thought that was the answer. You know, just get 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 more towers. Um, and then we also found that the towers that we have can be reprogrammed and to be better, uh, more efficient. Um, so when we reached out to the cell companies, um, they were like, yeah, we can do that, but we're not because it it's not cost-effective for them. There's not enough people in rural areas to make it cost-effective for them. Okay, okay. So then the next thing we said, well, we've got to get towers. Well, if you've ever tried to get Companies to bring towers into areas. It's it's tough. not an easy task. Okay, not an easy task. But um, a wonderful blessing is since we started this, we got one tower put up um, in Brunswick County, Good. Uh, and it's it's working. And then um, I guess it was probably about four months ago, I got a call from Mecklenburg County, and said, Sherry, um, we uh, the we want to put a tower up in this area where there really was no signal and all that. And um, they said, will you help us make it happen? Um, So I did, Um, myself and my team. I mean, we made all kinds of phone calls to public officials, to everybody that we could think of that would be the decision makers in this. And it was surprising to me that a lot of the public officials didn't realize how
0: important towers were in broadband to the 911 system. So with that being said, with that yeah. being said, because I know that I, I have one final question to ask you, and then we could go on and on about this, definitely. We're, and um, right. one of my questions that goes with, like you said, the towers and, and knowing whether something is labeled, what the bridge's you know, name is or the location. Are there any call boxes anywhere that are connected? This is just me asking because I don't live in a rural area. Are there call mm-hmm. boxes that could be actually placed or are placed that would maybe help with this 911?
1: No. Yeah. Um, there isn't. Um, the The good thing is now is that we have all five counties working together to try to solve some oh, of these problems. Okay. Yes. And we're bringing in, um, you know, towers. We did get the tower approved. So we have another tower coming in. And then we're educating the people on what they need to do to help until we can, I want to say fix or get the other issues um, taken care of, which a lot of them are legislative issues, and uh, Always. we'll be going
0: there too. Yeah. So then, my other question before my final question is this: because <laughs> okay. you talked about you talked about all these different programs, and we just uh, I just asked a couple of questions in regards to the boxes and locations, and you're talking about five counties, and you're going I'm assuming door to door to provide whether it's in a business or a residence this information these these uh, pamphlets that you've shared in uh, this interview. Is there any wor- are there any workshops rather, that you actually conducting in each of the counties that you can have people come together at a community center or somewhere where they have that choice to come in versus you going door to door and trying to remember where to go or, or who to find?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Like the Lions Club. And we we set up things there where people come to us. The wonderful thing is we have all the chambers uh, surrounding the lake supporting us, getting our information out. When we when we set something up, they advertise it. All the newspapers surround Lake Aston. um, We do we do a a two month of PSA in there about things that people need to know. Mm -hmm. Um, The stories keep going out, um, we have a media person, and and the other thing I just need to get a big big shout out to before we we finish, is Raleighwood Media Group. It's a it's a media group, of course, in Raleigh, North Carolina. But when they heard about what we were doing, they reached out to me and they offered to do pro bono, setting up our website, helping with social media, getting things out. And they have just been tremendous. The radio stations here do the same thing. We go on the radio stations, we talk. Um, So we have got so much support with all five counties in both states. um, That's just phenomenal now. So, um, you know, it's like um, one of the things that we say, you know, w- when we need it and we ask for it,
0: they come and they really do. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what the the word community comes together. It's not just the people within yeah. your, your community; it's anyone that's outside of it too that anyone knows. And and nine one one is uh, that number that people think that once you call it, you're going to be found and, and they're going to be able to help you walk through whatever. It's that net that I know. I did um, a class uh, last year, the year before. It was the Civilian's um, Police Academy. And so I got to be, as part of the chapters that we had to do was be in one of those 911 settings. And they, I don't know how they do it. They have different situations and scenarios and they have a time frame. Like you said, there's not enough people there, but that's a very stressful job because they're taking on someone else's life they don't know. And the last thing that they want to feel is that they failed. And I, mm-hmm. I'm sure as you've already shared with your husband passing away and others that have had things happen, is that's not something anyone wants to feel, but it does happen. And so their training and you working with them is very helpful too. It's, it's all about communicating and educating, right? Absolutely.
1: And, you know, we're going to be getting into schools to do that as well and trying to get more kids into the public safety. Uh, so we're working on that. But the, the biggest thing right now is in every state, reclassification of our telecommunicators. They are our first responders, and we need to give them the help. And get the legislation passed Perfect. for them.
0: That's and that I agree with you. So throughout this entire um, interview, your information has been provided. So anyone that wants to reach out to you, that that information has been provided. It will be provided again at the end, and then also so now I have my final question. I mean, I've had a bunch of questions, but this is like (laughs) the final question where I, and I say this to every one of my guests, because this is really how I feel. I can ask a lot of questions, but if I was only given one question to try and understand or get to know someone by just this one question, it would be this. Based on your journey of life, what message would you like to leave?
1: I think that with every tragedy or every hardship that someone goes through, there is beauty and wonderful on the other side. And we can go into it with negativity and anger and bitterness, but the only person that is hurting is us. Mm -hmm. And so if we can take the bad things that happen in our lives and turn it into something positive and good, not only are you helping others, but you're helping yourself as well. And um, I think that, you know, uh, I would have been miserable if I would have said, you know, took it on the negative way and and now I'm so blessed um, with the people that surround me and help me. and I'm blessed to know that
0: change is being made, and people do care. Thank so you sir. Um, Yes, thank Mm -hmm. you, Sherry, for being the voice that um, no one really thought there probably was one and the action that's going behind that based on unfortunately a tragedy that happened to you. But I think that sometimes is what comes about is finding something that will make a difference so that someone else doesn't go through that suffering or that pain, correct? Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: Thank you for being my guest today, sharing your nonprofit. And again, your information has been provided this whole time so thank, thank you. you and I'm sure it'll be successful. It's already started with all the events that you're doing. So I'll have to do a follow up with you. That would be wonderful. And
1: We would love to take this program into all the rural counties all over the United States. That would be a, a, something know. that would be mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're here to help anybody um, that may be going through this somewhere else. Please tell them to reach out to me and I'll help them in any way I can.
0: Absolutely, again, thank you for your time. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you do. I love what I do because it keeps me grounded and grateful. Definitely grateful. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency located right here in downtown Chandler. And I want to say thank you to my business partner today for today's episode. That is Renko Roofing. Renko Roofing is a family-owned and operated company founded in 2004 on the guiding principles of delivering superior roofing services. They're dedicated to quality and customer service and can help you with residential and commercial roofing needs with a focus on HOA and multi-housing. If you have a story you wanna share, know someone who has a story, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And if you also would like to be a sponsor, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time everyone, I wish you well and you take care.